Thank you for joining us for today's show. You can follow us on Facebook or visit our website at BeatitudesChurch.org. Beatitudes Radio, empowering people to enrich society. Confession is good for the soul. I don't know if I believe that. Confession is good for the soul. It might be good for other people's souls, but is it good for my soul? And what in the world does that have to do with Fat Tuesday and Mardi Gras? Well, remember Fat Tuesday and Mardi Gras parallel. But there's another name that was called, not only Pancake Day, but it was also referred to as Shrove Tuesday. Now, what in the world is a Shrove Tuesday? What makes it even more complicated is that season from Epiphany to, to Fat Tuesday or Shrove Tuesday was called Shrove Tide. So it was more than just one day. It was an entire season that, again, started on January 6th, Epiphany, and went until Shrove Tuesday, or what is called Fat Tuesday. But what was still supposed to happen? What was supposed to happen during this period of time? And not only what was supposed to happen, but what in the world does that have to do with confession and confession being good for your soul? Well, a clue to that is found in the Ecclesiastical Institutes. Now, the Ecclesiastical, Ecclesiastical Institutes was published around 1000 AD or CE, the Common Era. That's a thousand years ago. And here is how they described Shrove Tide this period of time before Shrove Tuesday or Fat Tuesday. It says the following, In the week immediately before Lent, everyone shall go to his confessor and confess his or her deeds, and the confessor shall so shrive him or her as he then may hear by his deeds what he is to do. So, what does that mean? Well, the word shrove is a past tense of the, of the verb shrive. So, to shrive can mean two ideas. First of all, it can mean to hear someone's confession and offer them absolution, offer them forgiveness, and if needed, offer them penance something that they could actually do in this process of confession. But the word shrive, the verb, can also mean to confess one's sins. So it had two meanings, to hear confessions, but also to pronounce or to give a confession. I grew up and never did I go to confession. I wasn't raised in a tradition that valued that. And in fact, I, over a period of time, began to walk away from this whole idea of confession. When someone said that I needed to confess my sins, 
it really didn't make me feel good. It didn't get like this warm, fuzzy feeling that I was going to confess my sins. In fact, if anything, it did the opposite. I grew up hearing and believing that I sinned, that every day I sinned, and if I didn't admit that I sinned, that was a sin. So not knowing or not admitting that you are sinning, that alone will make you a sinner. But I remember being taught that sinning and confessing one's sins, that was one level. But then there was a totally different level, and that was, I was born a sinner. I didn't have to do a thing. When I was born, never did anything that I would be considered wrong, but I had that label put on my forehead, sinner. And because of that, I needed to confess my sins, yes, but I also had to find out something that would deal with that underlying issue of being a sinner. I was taught that Jesus was my Savior, died for my sins, and he could take care of that whole idea of me being a sinner and take the label off of my forehead for me. And that worked for some time. And it still works for many people. But then along came Charles Darwin. And when Charles Darwin came along, the whole idea of a world that was only six, 7,000 years old, that whole idea, well, if you believe what Darwin's saying, it kind of blew it up. And so this idea of a historical Adam and Eve who sinned by eating a piece of fruit, and having eaten that piece of fruit, then their children and their children's children, all the way down to you and I today, we are suffering the consequences of that bite of fruit. But evolution says, uh, no. There probably was no Garden of Eden. There probably was no piece of fruit. And more than likely, there was no historical Adam and Eve. But instead, what you have is a, is a species, Homo sapiens, who evolved into being and who continue to evolve. So instead of seeing individuals as sinners, instead, the emphasis shifted to humans who were evolving. Now, as they evolved, they grew. They grew, and their values begin to shift. Their morals begin to shift. So, confessing one's sins also begin to shift. Just because you believe in evolution, it does not mean that you do not see the value of shroving, confessing your sins, but maybe in a different way, with a different emphasis. 
Instead of emphasizing the person's guilt and a sense of being judgmental, maybe there's another way to look at confessing one's missteps or one's sins. I think one of the things that I have realized is the value of this shrove time, a time of introspection, is because it allows us to have a moment of self-reflection, self-examination, a willingness to look at oneself. Perhaps you've been told that you could look in a mirror. Well, this kind of self-reflection and examination is far more than just the level of the skin surface. It's really looking inside of oneself and thinking about what it is that makes me tick. What drives me? What values shape my behavior and the words that I speak? It's something that is very valuable when you stop and you're willing to take the time to do it. But a lot of us, we would prefer not to. We would prefer not to have this time of inner reflection because we might be uncomfortable with what we see. And that's the second part of seeing confession maybe a slightly different. Not only do you spend time in, in self-reflection and examination, but it's also an opportunity to take self-responsibility. It's a willingness to step back and say, after you've reflected in your life, to step back and say, oh, the way that I treated these people, the way that I spoke to this person, it's not the way that I want to live my life. It's not the way that I want to behave. It's not the way that I want to speak. And you take responsibility for that. And by taking responsibility for that, you take the steps that are necessary to make amends for that. It's being able to say to someone, I'm sorry, I apologize. In many ways, it's the same idea of penance but it's one that comes from inside of oneself rather than outside of yourself. It gives you the opportunity to examine your life and say, these are some areas that I was less than, that I did not live up to my full potential as a human being. Therefore, I need to make amends for that. And that leads us to that third possibility that can come from confession. And that is the opportunity for spiritual growth. You know, the saying is, if you're not growing, then you're dying. Physically, the age that we choose to label ourselves is just literally that, it's a label. Unfortunately, every year we're reminded that we need to change our label. But when it comes to spiritual growth, it's not limited. 
It's not limited by our bodies. It's not limited by our age. We can continue to grow spiritually. And when you spend time reflecting on your life and taking responsibility for your life, it sets you up perfectly to grow in life. Its ability to look back and confession really could be about looking back at my life and saying, these are some areas that are not really aligned with what kind of a person I want to be. And these are the steps that I can take to become that kind of person. That's why many individuals look to the life of Jesus as a human being who lived his life. If you would, he became the ideal human being, what we have the possibility to be. And so Jesus can become our example. And that leads to further spiritual growth. On the way in, you hopefully received a key. Why? Why did we give you a key? Well, it ties back into this whole idea of confession. According to the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 16, Jesus is attributed these words as he spoke to Peter. He said, I will give you, Peter, the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. There's a lot of different meanings that are attached to this. Perhaps one of the richest ones is what is called the office of the keys. The belief, especially within the Roman Catholic Church, that God gave the church power to forgive sins. Over time, that power became limited to a particular group of people. But again, imagine if we rethink this whole idea of confession. When we do that, this key takes on new meaning. Within many of us, we have a critic. We have that inner voice that is always kind of whispering in our ear that you're less than. It's critical of us, telling us where we could be better, what we've done better. And in some ways, that works. But in many ways, it's destructive. It's when we carry around a great deal of guilt because of something we've done in our past. It's when we carry resentment toward other people because of what they have done to us. And what happens to many of us is that without confession, we end up putting ourselves behind spiritual bars. None of us want to go to prison. None of us want to have that possibility of losing our freedom. But unfortunately, we do it to ourselves quite a bit. 
we carry around a lot of stuff that we don't need to. And that's where this key comes in. If we are willing to confess and say, yeah, I messed up, but I don't need to carry that guilt anymore because I am forgiven. The greatest form of forgiveness is when we can forgive ourselves. So before we can free anyone else, we must free ourselves. We must be willing to realize that as a human being, as the species that we are, we're going to make mistakes. We're going to make missteps. And if you would like, you're going to sin. But it doesn't stop there. That's why people from the ancients to the present see the value of confessing one's sins, confessing those areas of our life where we have made mistakes. And when you use this key to free yourself, all of a sudden, out of love and care, you begin to use this same key to help others become free. On my key is the word love. And it reminds me of that great commandment of Jesus. And especially when it comes to this idea of confession. When Jesus says we are to love our neighbor, he says we are to love our neighbor as ourselves. So one of the greatest things that you can do is when you confess your sins to yourself, when you acknowledge that there are times when you don't live up to your full potential, when you're able to confess that, then with that comes the following words, you are forgiven. You don't have to continue to carry that guilt around with you. And one of the greatest gifts of love to another person is when they are struggling, when there's something in their life that they regret, to be able to look at them and say, the power and the authority of Jesus says to you, you are forgiven. It works. And that's why these two days, Fat Tuesday of celebrating life, is accompanied with a sense of acknowledging who you are and that you can grow and evolve as a human being. And these are all done before the Lenten season. So, this coming Tuesday is Fat Tuesday, Shrove Tuesday. Some of you may eat pancakes, 
Some of you may be satisfied with today's pancakes. But it is an opportunity on this coming Tuesday to pull out this key and remind yourself of the potential of being free. The potential of confessing where you have fallen short and recommitting to grow again as a human being and to find the freedom to be set free from the gel cell that holds you within yourself. I ask you to consider keeping this key until Easter. Put it somewhere. Perhaps some of you want to carry it with you, others setting it somewhere in your house as a reminder that you're not perfect, but you can grow, you can evolve, and you can become the person that you were made and meant to be. Amen. Thank you for joining us for today's show. You can help us to continue this program by making your donations at BeatitudesChurch.org backslash online giving. Beatitudes Radio, empowering people to enrich society.